Miss me? We're back on a very groovy episode of the Security Weekly News, number 268 for the week of 22 January 2023 at our all-new time of 12 o'clock Eastern. Uh, today we got Chick-fil-A, OneNote, uh, XLLs, VastFluck, T-Mobile, uh, ChatGPT, the Ukraine, Microsoft, Jason Wood, and more on the Security Weekly News. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. It's the show that keeps you up to date on the latest security news twice a week. Your trusted source for accurate security information and expert analysis. It's time for Security Weekly News. How is your business staying one step ahead of cyber criminals? Secure your email applications, network, and data with Barracuda. Protect your business and go from zero to security in no time flat. Whether your team is working in one location or many, Barracuda has solutions that are easy to buy, deploy, and use. Learn how Barracuda can protect your business against ransomware, phishing, and other cyber attacks. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. That's securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. Barracuda, your journey secured. All right, welcome to the Security Weekly News. Uh, after a week off, all kinds of stuff happened, but uh, we're back. Uh, OneNote, a Microsoft app I don't use and have never used, but it is probably on my machine. Apparently, OneNote is being used to create attachments for phishing emails, which infect victims with a rat that can then install other malware, like rats do. Uh, I Microsoft, So Microsoft had been very proactive about Word and Excel attachments, and those have often been used to do this very same kind of thing. But this is probably an evolution of that as it's moving down, you know, down the chain of things that are vulnerable. Microsoft disabled macros by default in Office Docs like last year, but you know, that, which means you have to have a help desk to distribute malware because the victims would have to be talked through the whole process of enabling macros. And they do that, mind you. They, you know, they get that nice call and go, "Let me help you." I'll, you know, yeah. Uh, the first evolution of that away from the, the macros was to move into ISOs and zips, but then Microsoft patched all those bugs and displays a warning message now if you try to open a, uh, I guess, a, an unsigned ISO or zip file. I don't think they're signed, but same idea. So, so obviously the attackers have moved on to a new level, so now they're using OneNote, which is free, and it has been included in Microsoft Office since Office 2019. So it's kind of like worms in your brain. You can't see it, but you know it's there. Yeah, I'm not, not that I think that. But uh, this campaign started in mid-December, and Bleeping Computer reported that the emails pretend to be DHL shipping notifications, which is pretty common. Uh, and all the usual, you know, they send the invoices, they send you're going to be charged, you owe this, blah, blah, blah. But despite not having macro, uh, the macro capability in OneNote, OneNote does allow users to insert attachments into a notebook. So you can just literally put them, I actually fiddled around with it. You can put them on the pages of, of OneNote notebooks, and then if somebody double-clicks that notebook, it will launch all those attachments. So it's just, it really is a scripting tool. So the attackers have been attaching Visual Basic scripts, which, uh, which will automatically launch when somebody double-clicks that notebook to see what's in it. Uh, there was a whole, they did a bunch of tricky stuff with Overlay, but it then downloads the malware and installs it. Um, there is a warning when you try to launch a OneNote attachment, but most people don't read prompts anyway. They just click OK, right? 
Uh, so one attachment that they were using installed Quasar Rat. Uh, so you might want to remind your people about not opening attachments, especially from strangers, and maybe now in, you know, I, I would say in anything, but in OneNote as well. So that's a sort of, you know, wow, what is this? Um, and it, uh, another Microsoft story, Microsoft said it would start blocking XLL add-ins uh, that were downloaded from the Internet in Excel to try and stop malware attacks that have been increasing recently. Excel-based XLL add-ins have been being exploited to send phishing lures lately as well as probably forever. Uh, and it is an old technique, and it's been around as long as we've had the Internet. But, I mean, you know, they use whatever works. It's really tough to get people not to install add-ins because, you know, they look at a list and they go, I want to do this, I want to do that. Um, this w also may be the result of disabling macros, and, and so they've moved off into this XLL space. Um, and, you know, Office is everywhere, so pretty much every machine that's sold that is not a Mac uh, or, you know, that comes clean has some version of Microsoft on it. And Microsoft, you know, pretty much trying to get you to use Office and pretty much everybody does. Uh, Microsoft didn't release any details about whether they're going to do something about this, but they did say they were going to do something. Uh, and they didn't say, are they going to make it a warning pop up? Uh, or are they going to make it like macros being set off by default? Or even if they would literally disable the use of, of any stray XLL files downloaded from the internet. So it remains to be seen what they're going to do about it. Well, Vast Flux is a campaign that involves ad fraud, and uh, the campaign has been spoofing more than 1,700 applications from 120 different publishers, and it mostly targets iOS. Uh, the security company, Human, uh, which is part of Satori, uh, apparently has disrupted the campaign, so they got it to stop. So Human found the Vast Flux uh, campaign while they were looking at another ad fraud scheme, I guess, last year. And they noticed an app that generated an unusually large number of requests using different app IDs. So, you know, it's all coming from this one place, but it's got different app IDs. And what they found was an obfuscated JavaScript, and they reverse engineered it, and then they identified a command and control server and the whole nine yards on that. Ooh, I used a, a, sports, uh, I used a sports reference. I'm not exactly sure what it means, but I used it. I get points for that. Uh, so VastFlux, the way they were doing this was they generated bids for displaying in-app banners. So this is a whole marketing thing where you bid on space and games and things to pop up, you know, banner ads. And when they would win the bid, they placed a static banner image in the result of bid that was injected with obfuscated JavaScript. Uh, that JavaScript stacked up to 25 video ads on top of one another, which the user could not see because it was rendered behind the main screen. So that means you're seeing your game or whatever, but in the background now, there's, uh, there's as many as 25 separate video ads playing uh, constantly so that the user gets all that ad revenue. So they're showing that they play these ads during a gameplay session, but the user couldn't see it, so their, their device is getting you know used for this. The videos uh, were rendered behind the active windows. The operation omitted the use of ad verification tags which are used to generate performance metrics and such. And so basically, the user didn't have any real easy way to see that this was going on. Uh, human, this is the interesting part of this to me, Human launched three waves of action between June and July of last year using their customers, partners, and, sp and the, the owners of these spoofed brands 
to target uh, this vast flux group. And eventually, vast flux began to take their servers down, and they slowed operations. Uh, they have a graph in the article until they basically hit zero around about December. So it sounds like maybe we're headed back to the old days where you had to defend yourself, you know, hack back. Uh, not according to law in the U.S., which says that's illegal, but it sure starts to sound like that. We're like, oh, this company decided, hey, we're going to take these guys on and we're going to wipe them out. Uh, yeah, so we won't get into the whole hackback thing because that gets people upset. Uh, there was a T-Mobile breach last week that resulted in attackers gaining access to about 37 million accounts um, within uh, T-Mobile. Within uh, in an SEC filing, which is a, a financial document that's filed indicating something that's happened to your company, T-Mobile said that a single API, they didn't say which it was, was the culprit and that it was detected on the 5th of January and it was shut down the next day. They said access via the API began back in, the, in November of last year. T-Mobile went on to say there was no evidence that the attacker breached or compromised the network or system and that no passwords, payment card information, social security numbers, government ID numbers, or financial information was lost. However, the attackers did get the names, billing addresses, emails, phone numbers, date of birth, account numbers, and other information about the customer's service and service plan. They also got information about the number of lines and a whole bunch of other details that were involved in, I guess, their profile on the site. Uh, obviously, this can be used for, you know, be very valuable for spear phishing attacks. So you may want to remind your people that if they're using any system to be very wary about contact information that appears to be legitimate. The CEO of Wallarm, Ivan Novikov, said that we need to prioritize API security. Uh, I mean, do you know how many APIs are running in your company right now? I mean, probably quite a few, right? And you probably can't maybe tell me the names of all of them and, and which ones might have flaws in them you know, and any of them could contain flaws. And of course, APIs have little APIs upon their backs to bite them. Uh, but APIs are probably going to have to become a part of your inventory and S-bomb on a pretty regular basis. And you're probably going to have to assess these things. I mean, Neil Young said that Russ never sleeps and neither do ransomware gangs. So there's always going to be a new angle. Well, I love chat GPT. I really do. Uh, I mean, if you missed Aaron demoing it on one of the, la uh, the last Tuesday show, I mean, he was writing code with it and having it write really nice code for him. Uh, you should check that out. It was very cool. Uh, I've seen all sorts of memos and such about students and instilling ethics, which I don't believe in, uh, on those students and trying to get them not to, to do this, to prevent cheating using chat GPT and others. But I think we're probably just going to have to face the facts. AI is coming and we can ban it on campus and we can ban it for students and we can ban it for faculty and we can ban it and ban it and ban it. But people are still watching TikTok videos and people are still going to play. People are still going to cheat. Um, I mean, I personally just want to welcome our new supreme overlords and offer my services to assist in the roundup of all the human pestilence for transshipment to the sunny shores of Europa. Uh, sorry, I got a little distracted there, but I wanted to get that in, you know. Hey, guys. Um, but anyway, the Stanford Daily reported that large numbers of students have already used ChatGPT on their final exams, probably long before their professors and teachers actually knew what ChatGPT was. Um, they estimated from their study about 17% of the 5,000 respondents had indicated, I don't know why they said they estimated, but, um, but they said 17% uh, of the 5,000 respondents indicated that they had used ChatGPT with fall term assignments and exams and 5% of them said they had submitted material directly from ChatGPT with little or no editing. 
A professor at Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania then said a group of medical researchers tested ChatGPT to see how well it performed. And apparently it scored a low B to a B on the operations management exam at, at Wharton and it approached or exceeded the score required to pass a U.S. medical licensing exam. Considering a couple doctors I met, you know, I, that's not really that shocking. Um, a medical research group then included ChatGPT as a co-author on a paper about the performance of ChatGPT on medical exams. And I mean, I don't know what to do about it. You know, I mean, I don't even know that ChatGPT would be a worse doctor than that 97-year-old guy that you went to see at the University Health Clinic who, you know, studied medicine during the administration of Grover Cleveland or something like that. I mean, students are going to cheat. I hate to tell you that. They are going to cheat. They will cheat. They have cheated. They will always probably cheat. Not all of them, but some of them. I mean, whether they're buying papers from the back of Rolling Stone magazine or writing the answer on their, their leg under their pantaloons so they can review it during the exam, they're going to do it. You can make them sign honor clauses all day long and ethics codes all day long, and it's not going to help. People who are going to cheat will sign the honor code. I tried to bring this up once at a meeting, and it didn't go over well. I think I may take that up on Friday. That could be my threat of the week, right? I think that would be a good one. I'll talk about cheating. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Kohlberg. Ooh, you'll love it. Pre-conventionalism in the Kohlbergian age. Anyway, the Ukraine has increased its ties to NATO by signing an agreement which will formalize participation in NATO's Joint Center for Advanced Technologies in Cyber Defense, or CCDCOE. Uh, I think that means something offensive in Vogon, but I, I would have to check to make sure. I think it also is a kind of Klingon rice dish, but but I'm not maybe. But anyway, the center, which is based in Estonia, uh, got the application from Ukraine back in August of 2021, and these things never move fast. But they did endorse the Ukraine as a contributor in April of last year. This latest document that's been signed by the Ukraine will formalize their participation if all the other members agree to it, which uh, they said they probably would. Um, the Ukraine has been a central hub of Russian cyber warfare lately, if you haven't noticed. Uh, and the country was described by uh, this group as, quote, valuable, they have valuable firsthand knowledge of several adversaries, to put it mildly. Um, Microsoft, another Microsoft story. Microsoft will stop selling licenses for Windows 10 on the 31st of January. So you will no longer be able to go to the website and download licenses. So if you need any, you better get them now. Um, the product pages for Windows 10 Home and Pro said they will continue providing support, obviously, and they will, of course, sell extended support when that support runs out, but that no further licensing will be available. Uh, they really want you to use Windows 11. I mean, they really, really do. Uh, I mean, it hasn't been adopted that much because I guess Windows 10 was fine and why pay for a new license, et cetera. Um, Windows 7 and 8 users will probably need to upgrade, and they may well need to upgrade to Windows 10 because um, the system requirements of Windows 11 are different and have some security requirements in hardware that may limit the ability of people to actually upgrade in that direction. So you might want to jump on this uh, right away. I've only had issues with a VM install of Windows 11, which wouldn't work because I didn't have that feature enabled in the hypervisor and I didn't want to reboot the thing. Um, but uh, I haven't experienced any real issues with it, but there is a lot of hardware requirements and not every machine is going to run uh, Windows 11. So they do have a tool you can use to test it. And when that runs out and you can't get new licenses for Windows 10 
and you're trying to upgrade, you know, say in April or something, you're going to have a problem. I skipped eight and eight point one completely because I was just like, what's the point? Uh, but you should probably start thinking about the end of Windows 10. Uh, the seven and eight service and extended service are running out this month, maybe like today even. Uh, but so if you're using Windows 10 in your shop, you're not going to be able to expand licensing in the future. So you should at least see if your current platforms can install Windows 11. Really, I mean, I think you should do that pretty quick. Well, wrestling under the names of El Sapo, Jack Packen, and Mr. Bouncy, he took costume wrestling world by storm, playing both heroes and villains with equal aplomb. The New York Times described one of his matches as a sublime mixture of the subtle and the grotesque, all with the beauty of Turandot, Puccini's final opera. Please welcome Jason Wood. Hey, everybody. Doug, I want to know, was that written with ChatGPT or what? <laughs> You know, I actually thought about that, and I, I really, I think I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm going to ask Chat G next week. I'm going to ask Chat GPT to write an intro for you and see what it comes right. up with. That should be we'll pretty all, weird. We'll all look forward to that because yeah. you know could be weird. <laughs> definitely. So uh, yesterday, at, staying on that kind of the AI topic around Chat GPT and stuff. Yesterday, Nvidia published a blog post where they uh, basically detailed their AI framework. Uh, that they have used internally and have deployed to some of their software uh, to analyze, as they put it, IP network traffic to determine if a user has suddenly changed their behavior and warrants additional investigation by you know, Defender. Um, now, I work in threat hunting, so this is kind of immediately interesting to me. Um, the idea of, hey, we're, we're not, we're just going to look for signs that something's gone wrong, uh, assume the breach type of notification, uh, mental model and and look for the bad guys so this was kind of interesting because i i mean you see they're they're basically saying hey a lot of attacks occur under valid credentials or intrusions so when can we see when something has changed about this person so i dug into this and actually spent a number of hours reading documentation and trying to figure out uh, how i could play with this on my own um the, the project that they released is called Morpheus, and I've got a link to the blog post as well as their code on GitHub uh, for folks to use. And uh, actually, I found the, the article in a CSO blog post, but I linked over to it, but I included the link to the, to the one on NVIDIA because that was just go straight to the source. And my first thought as I looked at this was like, wait a minute, NVIDIA is a graphics card company, hardware, things like that. What are they doing releasing... AI type of software and cybersecurity software at that. Um, I start digging around their homepage and the first thing you see is AI related marketing messages and things that they're doing there. And as you're looking at it, you see that you know they are still very much focused on the hardware, but they are looking for how to better how to use GPUs and, and things like that in other um, applications than just fragging somebody in video games and things like that. Um, AI being, or artificial intelligence being one of the big ones that they're paying attention to. Uh, the generation of, or genesis, excuse me, of Morpheus came when Bartley Richardson, who is the director of security engineering and research and development at NVIDIA, told his team, and this is a quote, we need to look for when Bartley is not acting like Bartley, end quote. Um, as the NVIDIA post states, basically Richardson wanted to build out a, a deep learning model for every account, server, application, and device on the network. And his team apparently thought this was uh, a 
bit insane. Uh, in fact, the blog post used words like crazy idea and computationally impossible to describe it. So he got them to agree to something smaller. We'll just tackle every account in the network um, that, that, and uh, go from there. And, you know, they, they went through several months of building out some things around this and get some volunteers. And finally, as they say today, that they have Morpheus running in NVIDIA's network uh, now doing uh, this, what they're calling a digital fingerprint of every user in their environment as, as they're running. Um, and, and again, you know, why are they doing this? Well, I mean, this is where the intrusions happen. Somebody clicks on a fish. And the attacker gains access to their session and starts acting out underneath their their legitimate, uh, you know, their their, their credentials. Uh, you see it with credentials that have been guessed or compromised or or anything like that. You know, it's just kind of reusing this idea of hey, if we can get access to Joe and Accounting's uh, information, we can get started into this network or anybody, you know. It, uh, credentials. Uh, so, you know, and I see intrusions like this all the time. Somebody starts out, it starts out when somebody logs in via RDP because their credentials got popped somewhere. Uh, so how do we tell the difference between when somebody who is, you know, when, when somebody is now acting as an employee that they're supposed to, you know, they're doing their job and when now they're an intruder using the same account, doing something that they shouldn't. And that's that's really what they're kind of digging into here. Um, and, you know, if when you think about it, most of the time, most days, everybody does similar kind of things each day. And and we have a behavior that we follow, and then all of a sudden an attack happens, and that, that varies quite a bit, uh, that there's a big change in that behavior and what they're doing. Um, you know, you start looking at how to collect data and, and whatnot, uh, the attacker, rather, is looking how to collect data or, or do different things to accomplish their goal. Now, the trick around all of this, and I always wondered about this, you, you've heard this for years, like look for, you know, uh, when something is happening and out of hours. When something happens is as interesting in the fact that it happened or uh, changes in behavior and stuff like that. The trick here is how do we collect all of this and analyze it? And this was really the first thing that I started looking at was like, there is a ton, you know, where am I going to get all of this network data? How do you collect it? How does the software expect to see? Um, so they start off talking about, um, you know, collecting, they've got parsers for PCAPs to, to look at network traffic. I'm not sure how they do it real time because I didn't see that in the code right away. Uh, but to send that data into Morpheus, they've digest, uh, uh, collect and process logs from AWS, Azure cloud services, and do authentication logs. And so you could stream that in there. Um, so, you know, this is some of the data that they're talking about collecting to try and do this profile. Now, they've also created pre-trained AI models for people to use. So you can download those as well, two different repos, but you can, you can pull down things that they've built and then start building on that and making your own modifications, um, which I immediately wondered about because, well, this is going to take some data here to try and train an AI model and give it enough uh, information to decide what looks, okay, this is how things normally flow and, oh, this is different. Um, so, you know, small companies, for example, may have trouble coming up with that. Um, so, yeah, this was, this was really pretty pretty interesting stuff to look at it looks very r&d like if you look at the the code on on github 
Uh, this is not like an enterprise application that is set up, ready to go, you know, redo your sock type of thing. Um, you're going to have to, if, if anybody wants to deploy this, like I'm sure NVIDIA did, they had to spend a lot of time getting it set up, getting people trained, figuring out how it worked, uh, making customizations to their environment, things like that. Now, NVIDIA did release the digital fingerprinting capabilities for cybersecurity as part of their NVIDIA AI Enterprise 3.0 release last month. And I'm sure they're happy to provide support for that to do the folks who purchase AI Enterprise. Um, and then as you, I looked at that app, they've got all kinds of applications in it. Cybersecurity just happens to be one of those. Um, they've, they've got you know all kinds of simulations and other things that they're looking at doing as well. Um, still, I think this is pretty interesting because we're pushing down this idea of, hey, here's how you deploy AI in your environment. And they're not going out and saying, uh, congratulations, we're gonna tear out all of our cybersecurity stuff and just use AI. They, they basically said, hey, this is just another tool to add to our defenses, to try and respond quicker, because you know, a computer system can look at huge amounts of data and, and start to come up with a result faster than a person can do it, and they don't get tired of staring at lines and lines of text. So, you know, it, it, like I said, it looks pretty cool and interesting. It's something I'm going to be tinkering around with, because I am quite curious about this, um, and I, I do you know, strongly believe in the idea that, yeah, if we can get a good idea and, you know, something we do in threat hunting all the time is, you know, looking for things that are outside of the normal behaviors for most environments um, and that match up with maybe how attackers like to operate or, or things that they'll need to do along the way. Um, that's very useful and effective technique. So, so, you know, we're just taking that to the next level here with a, a computer uh, trained model to uh, to look at the the traffic and try to quickly spot where things are, are changing. So if this is of interest to you, I, I invite you to take a look. Got the links in the show notes. Morpheus sounds kind of interesting. Uh, they're tying it back to their GPUs, which I'm like, okay, that's cool, but I can't find one because they're still difficult to get a hold of, but we'll see. Um, it should be a, an interesting time in security just to see how things evolve here as um, you know our security defenses have become much more complex and and uh, much more powerful than than where we started out at years ago. So take a look. I think you'll find you'll enjoy it. Thank you, Jason. Oh, GPUs are also too expensive. I, I think I could actually get one. I just can't afford it. So I, I did see you know some for seven thousand dollars. They were in yeah. stock. Oh yeah, they always have those. Yeah. Now I need a machine to put it in that can run it and It'll also you know, cost keep it from melting through the yeah. floor. But I'd, I would love to build a new one. I, I've I've wanted to build a new gamer type rig for a while, but I can't get a GPU, so I just haven't built one. And I like to build those. I don't actually play games that much, so it's kind of a waste. But you know, it's like I, I like to build uh, high high profile machines. It's lots of fun. Thank just you. Just make sure it can do Windows 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There is that. Uh, and finally, apparently Chick-fil-A, which uh, they, is, is a, a fast food company in the United States, has been doing more than frying things. They've been selling data to Meta, according to another lawsuit related to the same thing. Apparently, uh, and I've never actually been to a Chick-fil-A, I, I, but uh, apparently they have some kind of, of uh, Xmas videos, which are called the Stories of Evergreen Hills which were described in the article as bizarre. 
which of course makes me want to watch them. I mean, I like Unshin Andalu, you know, as much as the next person, but a bizarre video from a chicken restaurant? Hmm, that could be weird. Anyway, according to law the lawsuit, the evergreenhills.com site has a Metapixel embedded in it that good old Chick-fil-A can then use to see who's been visiting, watching their bizarre video, and then they target you with ads, I presume, for Chick-fil-A or maybe something else. I haven't watched the video, so I don't know. I, was afraid. I didn't have time to set up a sandbox so I could watch it and not get tracked. But the Metapixel doesn't apparently gather anything very much, but it does assign you a unique ID that can then be used to target you. So probably the fact that I talked about this today means I'll be seeing ads in Facebook feeds for Chick-fil-A um, in the near future. Because I've just, you know, if you say anything out loud anymore, uh, yeah. But uh, as it, anyway, the U.S. doesn't have much in the way of privacy laws anyway, but uh, so that you don't have any help there. But video, so this is the interesting part, video apparently is covered by an old 1988 law called the VPAA, or Video Privacy Protection Act. That law got passed after a Supreme Court candidate named Bork. As you can look it up. His name was Bork. And apparently during his confirmation hearing, which he failed, a bunch of stuff came up about his video rental behavior or something, and, and he didn't get the job, uh, or he'd still be on the Supreme Court. Uh, the law says that videotape service providers cannot disclose personally identifiable information about which videos you watch without informed written consent. And that's really important legalese language there about meaning that they can't just have you click a box. They have to actually inform you of it and say they're going to use that. Uh, there have apparently now have been 47 different class action lawsuits against different companies that all have used the VPAA as a base in the last year or so. So some law firms figured this out. Uh, so, you know, if you want to look at those videos, check it out with your safe browser. If you do go there, uh, I kind of want to see what Gizmodo thinks is bizarre. Or you could just watch Unshin Andalu and, or listen to the Pixies. I, I don't know. I mean, all that's kind of interrelated somehow. And that's the news. Thanks, Jason. And I will see you on Friday.